So I'm here with Grant Caldwell, Christ Church Memphis's new discipleship pastor. Grant, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking. So we're going to talk about you, get to know you as a person, get to know your ministry. But first, let's do a couple fun icebreakers just so we can have some fun and the people get to know you. First question, what was your favorite class that you've ever taken? My favorite class, I was a big—well, first off, I'm a big nerd— which will probably come out more and more as we keep talking. But my favorite class was always geography and history and social studies. Any particular teacher or class, like grade, that sticks out in that? I really liked U.S. history. Mm. What was it about U.S. history that was so... I just thought it was fascinating. Mm. So really enjoyed that. Uh, I had a really good world history teacher in high school that was really good. And then... That kind of built on, I feel like I always had a passion for like geography and maps. I just think they're really mm-hmm. cool. Actually won our school's geography B oh. twice in oh. middle school, uh, which I actually said to Casey when we started dating, thinking that would be a cool fact. And like the people listening to this, you were realizing that that indeed is not a cool <laughs> fact. <laughs> uh, yet I shared it again. So I'm very, very proud of those sixth and eighth grade wins. Seventh grade was a rough year. Uh, we don't talk about that, but <laughs> two-time champ. So. There we go. There we go. Well, that's good answer. So second question, what's a restaurant in Memphis that you recommend for everyone? Uh, if I want to eat healthy, Chefies. Can't go wrong. If I don't, Casablanca. Oh, Casablanca is fantastic. What's your favorite dish at Casablanca? Uh, I've actually, I order the, it's number 36, the hummus <laughs> with shawarma meal. And it's just like a, ble- a bed of hummus with meat on top of it. And they serve it with warm pita. It's incredible. Mm. Go there, get some. I think I think lunch plans are planned. It's no. delicious. And get the tea. Make sure you get the tea. Hot or cold. You, you can go either way. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Depends on ways. the weather. There you go. Good. Good answer. So third question, what's your favorite spot to vacation? I love the beach. Mm. Huge beach fan. And so we have been going on trips down to like the 30A beach for the last few years and Mm. love it. But any beach I'm happy with. Sounds good. So fourth question, what was your first job that you ever had? My first job, my dad was our Little League Baseball president. And so my first jobs were all working around the little league field. And so in middle school, I was a scorekeeper. I made $8 a game and I thought I was loaded. And then I transitioned from that to umpiring in high school and did that throughout high school. So I umpired little league baseball and that was like my first job. It's awesome. All right. The last question is probably the hardest question you're going to be asked today. And okay. it's a doozy. Okay. Leftover pizza, hot or cold? Hot, but it has to be heated in the oven at 350 degrees. It's the best way to do it. There we go. Um, don't microwave it. Don't even think about microwaving it. Put it in the oven directly on the rack, 350. Let it, mm, it's perfect. There we go. So I appreciate you hearing me out on those, just having a little fun so people can get to know you in a fun way. Uh, let's get into the real meat of our conversation and talk about you. So where'd you grow up? Where were you born? I am from Clarksville, Tennessee, which is a was small, getting bigger military town right north of Nashville, right there on the Kentucky border. Mm. If you've ever seen Saving Private Ryan or Band of Brothers, the 101st Airborne is the military base in Fort Campbell that they were 
or are associated with, and that's that's kind of where we grew up is mm-hmm. in that military town. My grandpa was in the military. Dad worked works still uh, at Fort Campbell, so that's kind of been part of our family story. Well, tell me about your parents. Tell me about growing up. What did they do? You, you mentioned your dad worked for the military. Yep. What about your mom? Yeah, my dad is a civilian contractor out at Fort Campbell. He's done a lot of things, working with 101st and 160th. Uh, my mom worked and stayed at home with us and then did various jobs as well growing up. And so, yeah, it was, it was great. Dad, dad coached baseball, basketball, soccer, just kind of was always around coaching. And then my mom was was there at home as well. So you mentioned us. Do you have a siblings? I do. I have an older brother named Jake. He's three years older than me. Mm-hmm. He lives out in North Carolina now uh, and works for, for T-Mobile. Well, so little Grant growing up, what kind of kid was he? Was he adventurous? Was he into all the sports? Was he a nerd like you were saying? Tell me about little Grant. Uh, little, little Grant uh, continues to be the same as me in a lot of ways in a combination of really nerdy and loving sports, mm. uh, which led to me thinking that I wanted to be a sports broadcaster, not an athlete, because I, I knew the first part of that was not going to lead anywhere. But the nerdy part of it, combining those two, is, is really what I thought I was going to be doing with my career. And that's remained true today, is is those kind of two things. And so I've always loved to read. I've always loved to just like find out and discover and like research and learn more about stuff. But I've, I have, I've always been drawn to sports as well. And mm. watching them, playing them, anything connected with them, um, has always kind of been part of my passion areas. So where with that that passion for sports and wanting to do broadcasting, where did you go to college and was that what you went to college for? No, I thought I was going to be doing broadcasting for for a long time. I actually did our school our high school had a like TV program that did the announcements in the middle of the day and so I like worked and helped with that and so I thought that that was the direction that I was going to go and then I really met Jesus the summer before my senior year, and that changed everything. And it was one of those where really meeting and understanding Jesus happened simultaneously with me feeling that He's calling me into ministry. And so when I thought that I was going in a direction of sports broadcasting, it immediately changed to ministry. My schooling, though, did not change. I wanted to go to UT Knoxville and I did go to UT Knoxville. I wanted to be a communications major, and I was a communications major there, but it was just a little different format of communications. And so, yes, I went to UT and double majored in communications and religious studies while I was there. So you went to UT for college. What about seminary? Did you go to seminary? Yeah, so I did go to seminary. I did it. (laughs) I felt like I'm a hipster online seminary student. I did it before it was cool, pre-pandemic. And so I did my seminary fully online and through modular at Southern Seminary while working at a church in Knoxville and then working at a church here, Christchurch. And so what should have taken me three years actually took me six years because I was doing it part-time while working. But the, the beauty of that was that I was able to take classroom knowledge and immediately apply it in ministry, which was just such a blessing. And that was the high point of it. I had a great experience. Uh, I got to study under Dr. Russell Moore, but got to take 
ethics classes uh, and classes on the gospel and racial reconciliation under his kind of direction and leadership. And so that was a huge, huge blessing of my time there. So that was a highlight doubt. The the low light uh, of my seminary experience is that I graduated in May of 2020, mm. which means that it was right as the world shut down. And so I graduated on my back porch watching the commencement speech on my phone on YouTube because Casey needed our computer to teach online kindergartners at the time. And so uh, I laugh about that looking back at it, that it was kind of fitting that that was how it ended. And so, yeah, that was, that was the the low part of it, but it it was great. It was, I learned a lot and and enjoyed my seminary time. So you kind of touched on it briefly, but do you mind telling us your full salvation story? Yeah. Yeah. You see, there's a time in my life where I felt like I was always striving, but never enough. I felt like I was always working and trying to do or find something that would give me this feeling of achievement or satisfaction or checking a box. And so I pursued that in a lot of ways and tried to be the best I could at all of them, whether it was playing sports or making the right grades or having the right friends or joining the right clubs. And that, that was kind of my story throughout high school. Uh, and it wasn't until I was pursuing the, the religious box of going to youth group uh, that I went to camp, a uh, summer camp called Big Stuff, and was reading my Bible along the beach and got to Romans 5 and just read about how even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And everything just kind of clicked that in all of my striving and all of my like desiring for achievement, Christ died for me, not because of those things and my successes, but simply because of who I am and like the failures that I have done, continue to do, are the very things that like Christ died for and drew him to me. Mm-hmm. So everything kind of changed in that moment calling salvation. It was just kind of all this simultaneous moment. And now that's something that, I mean, that struggle with achievement or drive for it is something that continues. Like it's something that didn't just get wiped away in that moment, but now it's something where Christ has achieved and therefore I get to do things as a response to him. And like, while that's always been a pulled back in my like continued walk with Christ, his grace now speaks into that in a new way. So you, you've been at Christchurch for a while, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second, but one of your previous jobs at Christchurch has been working in the missions department. Can you speak to your earning and your desires to strive and work and do and be as part of that role in that position? Yeah, with, with a lot of humility of that was God's sanctifying work in my life to work in a field like that. Because in missions, you, you approach it with all this energy and activity and striving to large systemic things that people have been working on for decades and centuries. So you have to do it with, I think it was Russell Moore that described this dynamic first, but you have to do it with enough confidence that knowing that like the kingdom's already at hand so you can like enter into brokenness and bring wholeness and flourishing and restoration because the kingdom is at hand like we have an active witness that takes our strivings for like wholeness and peace and says yes the kingdom's at hand but we're also promised that the kingdom is not here yet there's this already not yet tension that exists, which means that we have humility knowing that in our striving and in our desires for things, there will be things that we don't have the power 
or the abilities to fully achieve, or if you want to say the word fig, like it's it's one of those with that. And so it's it's created a lot of humility. And it's really taught me so much about like the importance of just relational ministry and spending time with people, not as I'm trying to achieve a goal for a ministry purpose, but I'm trying to learn and listen and labor alongside friends so that we can all grow together into wholeness and into being fully devoted followers of Jesus together. And so it's it's just been it's it's been such a blessing to serve in that role for the six six years that I did. Was that ever a position you saw yourself pursuing, or is it just one that kind of fell in your lap and you were like, let's let's go with this? Yeah, a little of both. So uh, I mentioned that I had that like calling right away. I really thought it would be into student ministry, and I worked in student ministry for a little bit. And then when I was in college, I wanted I knew I wanted to spend one summer in college doing something missions related, and so I worked at Mission Fuge Camp. And so Mission Fuge is a student ministry camp where uh, churches come in, uh, you do worship and small groups in the morning, and then you get sent out around the city into different tracks and focus areas and serve in the afternoon. And you come back and do camp and then worship at night. So it's kind of like a camp mission trip hybrid. So I went down there thinking, this is going to be something that's going to really further my student ministry call, only for that to show me like, no, 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 like missions is what God has for me. I got to see citywide ministry and urban ministry and just this idea of lives flourishing in a whole new way and realized like, oh, no, 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 it's God completely shifted what I thought I was going to be doing. So I actually worked that camp twice, once as a counselor, and then I came back and directed the missions component of it. And and that was what really opened my eyes to to missional type things, whether that be uh, church planning, which is what I did my first like residency in and helped with a church plan and then missions as well here. Hmm. So we'll go ahead and talk about your new role and we'll finish talking about your family here in a little bit. So tell me, you're the new discipleship pastor. What does that mean? What are you going to be doing in that role? Yeah, at Christ Church, we have a mission statement that says we glorify God as we make mature and mobilize disciples. And in this new role, I really get to look at that making, maturing, and mobilizing peace, and really put a lot of attention on discipleship, working alongside our entire staff. And so that is going to be a lot of exciting things individually, uh, equipping people to, to grow deeper in their faith and to grow deeper into their relationship with God, but also group dynamics. We have our Wednesday night discipleship and discipleship group ministries, uh, and then our Sunday schools as well. And so there's a lot of incredible avenues of community and fellowship and discipleship that are ongoing at Christ Church. And so I get to stand on the shoulders of a lot of great leaders and teachers and disciple makers and be able to, just like missions, listen and learn and grow. And uh, I'm excited for it. Well, going back to your your past job experiences, how do you think all of this, your previous work experience has led you to doing this role? Yeah, I in missions, I found that even within the work of missions, I had a huge passion for equipping people to go serve. And I found that my energies were drawn towards helping people understand Christ's call to go and understand the different issues that these missions partners are engaging in. From a discipleship aspect, I found that like the longer and deeper I got into my missions role, the more I was passionate about the discipleship that fuels 
the mobilization of missions. And so, yeah, I, I think the I, I see what I'm stepping into as the next step of what I've been mm-hmm. working on for for the past few years here. Mm-hmm. And, and you've kind of touched on this in your last answer, but I want to go into it a little bit deeper. The concept of discipleship in a scripture-based setting, what about it excites you? What about it draws you in to wanting to do discipleship? Yeah, I think what draws me into it is I mean, when you look at discipleship, you're, you're seeing that it, the discipleship is when, when we grow together to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And I think what excites me is that helping people figure out their next steps in that growth, how we can do this together, how we can all work towards becoming fully conformed into the image of Christ. Like there's so much connection with, I mean, when missions, you're you're navigating people out of brokenness into wholeness. That's really what discipleship is as well, is that we're looking at the brokenness in our lives and our relationships and our city, and and we're we're conforming our lives to be like Christ Mm -hmm. so that we're able to speak hope and life towards those things. And so there's just a lot of excitement with that. You've mentioned the word relationship a lot in this, and it seems to be something that is really important to you. Can you speak to what you hope to build relationship-wise in your new position? Yeah, I mentioned it too. We, we've got like a great culture here as well for this. And so, so much of what this role will be is the combination of equipping and strengthening that culture of what is, but also bringing life and creating new things. Um, and this is a season for a lot of new beginnings uh, here at Christ Church. And so strengthening and equipping the existing ministries for, of discipleship that we have to be fully in line with our church's mission statement, providing care and resources and connection with, with existing groups, and then also continually to launch our Wednesday night discipleship ministry, which isn't a replacement for Sunday school or a competition with Sunday school. Uh, These are two things that that naturally fit together, flow together. And and I'm excited to see, as we continually shape the vision of both of these things, how, uh, in a true Wesleyan way, these things really fit together in a great way, all to help people become that fully devoted follower of Jesus. Mm. Well, shifting back, to you a little bit more. We've talked about relationships. You're married. Tell me about that relationship. Yes. Uh, I am married to Casey. Uh, Casey and I met at UT and got married seven years ago. Casey is... Choose your words carefully. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think how much I wanted to just uh, say how incredible she is and how much that might embarrass her, but... She she's the real MVP of the Caldwell household, and so Casey's great. She is a, an incredible wife and mom and teacher. She teaches kindergarten at Richland Elementary and friend and leader. And so, yeah, I, I can't say enough great things about Casey. Well, let's hear let's hear a sappy story. How did you meet and fall in love? We met we met through some mutual friends. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I shared that I was a two time geography B winner, and so everything went and connected from there. I mean, how could she not? I mean, when you've got those medals in your past, what a stud! What a st- so that was it. No, we we met through some mutual friends and dated, and it, it we had a depth in our relationship that I felt was just 
unique right from the start. We have some some similar things in our family background, and it was just it was one of those relationships where I feel like we met and started talking, and it was like we knew each other instantly and just connected on a way that was so much deeper than a normal relationship. And so it was it was great. So we dated uh, for a year and a half, uh, got engaged, got married. Wow. And so we lived one year in Knoxville, and then she got accepted into the Memphis teacher residency, and that brought us from Knoxville to Memphis. Mm-hmm. And so it's been great. We, we've kind of always had a desire and a passion, and it's cool to see how God has shaped that over the years to like work alongside of each other in ministry to serve families. And so we thought that that would be the case living and serving in North Knoxville. She was running a nonprofit there. Uh, and I was working in a church planning residency on another on the other side of Knoxville, but had a campus on that side. And I thought things were going to work out where I was going to move. And then God said no to that because he was moving us to Memphis mm-hmm. uh, only for Casey to get accepted to MTR and be placed at Cornerstone Prep in the Binghampton neighborhood. And then myself find a job here at Christ Church, which has an over 30-year relationship in the Binghampton neighborhood. And so it was just, and then when talking to different leaders and, and I was like, was this planned? And I was like, no, did you plan it? Like, it was just all of this, like everything working separately, but of course, God working in the midst of it. And so it's it's just been a great thing to be able to do that alongside of her. That's a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing. Any children? Yes, we have a year and a half old foster child, Casey and I are foster parents, uh, named Caden. Caden is this bright smile in a tornado of toddler activity and is just such a, a joy. Mm-hmm. He just he's such a joy. We, we've been foster parents for a year and a half. Caden uh, is our first placement. We picked him up from the hospital and he's been with us ever since. And so we're, we're incredibly blessed by Caden um, in our lives. What drew you to wanting to be foster parents? Yeah, I think it was just both of us have a unique desire to see restoration and wholeness in families and in a city. And foster care uniquely spoke into that. It was something that that adoption and foster care were things that we talked about, dating engagement, early marriage, not as a I wonder if we'll do this, but it was kind of always a, I think we're going to do this first. Mm-hmm. And my brother and sister-in-law went the adoption route. We, we listened to them in that route and both just kind of felt that with our backgrounds, with our stories, with our passions, that entering into foster care was going to be the thing that God had for us. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier about Christchurch being in a new season. So as our last question, I want to kind of hear what your perspective is. Christchurch is in a new season. What are you most excited about seeing here? Yeah, we're in a new season where, and I'm borrowing this phrase from from Ray Ortland, like we, we're in a season where last year there were so many discussions about the doctrine of the gospel and getting the doctrine of the gospel right and having correct gospel doctrine. Um, and I think that we're in a season now where we are in agreement about gospel doctrine and can now start building gospel culture. Um, and he makes the case that gospel doctrine and gospel culture go together. And that's what I'm really excited about, especially with discipleship, is forming discipleship and disciple-making communities that have this like culture of the gospel where everyone's welcome, where 
the love of God is clear, where the the needs and calling of Christ to be glorified among the nations is something that we're excited about, where prayer is real, like just forming this, this culture here where the gospel is clear in everything that we do from church business meetings to um, the way that we serve down in the nursery to the way that a Sunday school class is taught to the way that we make invitations to people to start following Christ. Like the gospel is just something that's just woven in all of it. And I'm excited because I think in this next season, that's going to be something that we really start to see and really reshapes us as who we are as the people of Christ Church, as people that that truly get the culture and the doctrine of the gospel at the same time. Uh, and like I said, for very indebted to Ray Ortland. That is not an original thing, but it's something that's really shaped the way I've seen ministry a lot is putting those two together and the passion and excitement that comes when discipleship and disciple-making fuels a church uh, on mission that has correct gospel doctrine and correct gospel culture. Because when those two things happen, he says that that's when you get power. Mm. Um, and, And I think that we're in a season where we're about to experience that. Grant, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. So thank you for sharing. Yep, absolutely.